0: Up, Buttercup, because we've got two of the most opinionated Linux nerds on planet Earth today. Brody Robertson, down in the lower right hand corner. Say hello to the world, Brody. Hello, world. <laughs> nailed it. You nailed it, my buddy. And in the top right corner, we've got Derek Taylor, aka DistroTube. Say hello to the universe, my friend. Hi. <laughs> this is the untitled nerdy chat show with me I'm Brian Lunduke uh, I figure since we're 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 we linux powerhouse of opinions right now we got to talk about linuxy stuff here I've I've got a couple I've got a couple of items that I want to talk about and and a, a bunch of people from the community they had ideas too and I want to get into it right off the bat with gentoo because I Ooh. think I want to hear your guys' opinion on this so you, both of you, probably saw that Gentoo now has binary packages. So you can install Gentoo without compiling anything, which was, of course, the whole point of Gentoo is that you compile friggin' everything, and it takes eight and a half bazillion years. I mean, this used to be how we benchmarked Linux computers: was how long does it take to do a stage two Gentoo install? Well, I can do a stage two Gentoo install in seven and a half hours. Oh wow, you must have a great machine. This is what we used to do, but now you can have binary pre-built Debian distributions with their full repository, all pre-built. What on earth is going on? Is this end of times or is this the most wonderful thing that you've ever seen? What do you think? Brody, Brody, come on, man.
1: Have you actually done a Gen 2 install yourself?
0: Yes, I've done probably eight unsuccessful installs and one successful install. Yeah, I've I've managed to do it to the point where it was a functional system one time and totally dorked it up every other time I tried it. How about you?
1: Okay. So I I did do a Gentoo install on stream. Um I had some Gentoo people guiding me along the way. So I got through it just fine. But being on stream, I didn't want it to take 12 hours. So there were a couple of things I did install as a binary package, even though Gentoo people didn't Particularly like the you one cheated. I chose, the out uh, the kernel. Uh, I did not want to compile You're the kernel. You're a big cheater. You're thing. a big cheater. Pants. I get um, it. But I saw this interesting comment when I did my video on it uh, from someone who calls himself a diehard Gen Two fan. Uh, the appeal of Gen Two is not compiling everything res- from source. It's the freedom to install anything you want on nearly any hardware, all with stellar documentation and minimal roadblocks. So, you mean like Debian? I mean,
0: like, like what can yeah. like, what can you install on Gentoo 2 that you can't do anywhere else? Like, so they've
1: got a nice open RC system by default, which I know a lot of people will really Which is cool. Do. Yeah. They don't like system D. Um, well,
2: you can compile Gentoo 2 for 486 architecture still. That's something and, you can do. Oh, that actually, that's kind of cool. Right. Can
1: you really do that?
2: You can really do that.
0: Yes. Aren't they dropping 486 architectures? They may, the may be, but the
2: fact that you can do it or could do it long after everyone else that's true. As, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 You can't, you can't install Ubuntu on a 486. Uh, that's a good, that's a fair, that's a fair point. And I, I do like installing Linux on a 486. Derek, do you, do you use Gentoo? Do you, do you dabble in Gentoo?
2: I have, I, I've, I've played with Gentoo. I've played with some Gentoo based distributions um, that are no longer around now in years past, but I probably, I, I've done a lot of Gentoo installs, but I would say my success ratio, your eight to one ratio Is about right. Yeah. Like for for every one that goes right, there's about eight that are now now, actually actually not that bad because the Gen 2 installation handbook is is pretty easy to get through and it's well documented. It's hard to mess it up, to be honest.
0: I so totally disagree with (laughs) so I really so my the first time I ever so my successful Gen 2 install was the first Mm. one I did. Every single subsequent time I've done it. I've managed to screw it up somehow and never could figure it out. So I just abandoned it. At, at one point I literally just decided I have to stop trying to install Gentoo because my ratio is going down. At one point I had a 100% success ratio and I just kept making it worse. <laughs> so, so now if I now have all these binaries, I guess I could install Gentoo, but I'm trying to figure out why I would. Like why, why would I install Gentoo if it's all binary? Well, the argument,
2: the argument back in the day was if you compiled everything yourself, optimized everything with the use flags, yes. that it would run faster on your hardware, which yes. 25 years ago, <laughs> you know, things like that might make sense, But, you know, now I don't know any, even the people that are diehard Gen 2 users, none of them compile their web browser. Nobody compiles a browser. No. no, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't want to
1: compile Firefox. No. No,
2: and you, I, even Firefox you know, developers don't want to compile Firefox. There's just some things that nobody ever compiles on any Linux distro that's source based. Nobody compiles GCC unless it's your only other choice. Nobody compi- well, people do compile the Have kernel depending LF4 on which before? modules they want, but most people just take the generic kernel to be honest.
0: Yeah. Okay, I, so then I, I Brody brings up a solid point: the Linux from scratch. If I'm gonna go yeah. as far as Gentoo, I might as well Linux from scratch it. Yeah. You know what My I'm saying? My understanding like, from
1: the Gentoo creator is Gentoo was made to automate LFS. Well, that's, that's why fine. you have the stages. That's why you have the package managers. Where you have these little things that it's still source based, but you don't have to do all of the like. Have you bootstrapped an LFS system? It takes, you know, it a good a couple, couple of hours time. just to get like yeah. a bootstrap system to do anything like on the system itself.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But it takes hours before you're busy boxing. Like it's yeah. it takes a while. No, I I agree with you. I well, totally what, agree with you, but That's what
2: all the big Linux distributions that are binary based, I mean, they're essentially they're taking Linux from scratch and they're just getting you to the end game where you actually have binary packages with a proper package manager. Oh, shoot. Most Mm -hmm. of them don't even do that. Most of them just take Debian or Ubuntu and just- Oh, and and they've done all the heavy lifting. So why would you start from Linux from scratch now? You'd start with Debian and then go from there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. You start, everyone starts from Debian or just branches off of Ubuntu and just goes nuts. Mm -hmm. That's where almost everyone does. That's what Mint does and that's what Elementary does. They just take it and tweak it. They never get to the point where they're bootstrapping Nothing, I, I, which is, in my opinion, kind of cheating if you're making a distro. I just just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, So what do you think? Do you think that Gentoo having binary packages will in any way improve the total amount of people that use Gentoo? Do you think that will change Gentoo's user base size at all because they have binary packages now? Not even a little bit. I they did either.
1: have binaries before it was just a lot smaller as it, it was like they had a uh, the browser they had the they panel, had a couple but now, things
0: but now yeah, they have everything um, in the repo yeah
1: i think gentry is always going to have that stigma of being a complicated district in the same way that arch does as well realistically arch is not difficult it takes like 10 minutes to install it but you know it, it has Arch this... is difficult
2: to maintain. It's not difficult sure. to install. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I've I've had issues with my keys are just out of date. Like some some maintainer dies, and then their key is removed from the the thing, and, and all their packages are just broken now. But so,
0: when you update things, you get a little Pac-Man ASCII art that chomps on things, and that's, that's cool that's all a by itself.
1: You have to. It's not enabled by default. Yeah, I
0: just which is a, that. which is a damn shame. I'm just saying Very the little Pac-Man awesome. ASCII thing is the best feature Arch has. That's bloat. <laughs> that's bloat that's ascii art bloat distro is taking a hard line here folks a, two characters of ascii art is way too much bloat <laughs> he's not going to get not gonna deal in. with that yep. <laughs> it's ridiculous you don't you're see ridiculous man
1: <laughs> what was that what you <laughs> say? you don't want to see the way i launch my desktop then i have a lot of uh, a lot of bloat running <laughs> good
0: why not? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna take the stance that it doesn't matter that Gen two just is binaries anymore because our computers are fast enough, let's just go nuts. Let's bloat the heck out of everything. I mean, I
1: paid for thirty two gigs of RAM. I'm gonna use thirty two gigs of RAM.
2: <laughs> and that was kind of the point of of the uh, the little bloat joke is uh, that's the people that used Gen two. They're the ones that are anti bloat. They they take it to that extreme. It that's like why. To bloat their time. Yeah, they want they want to compile. They want to optimize all the make flags and everything, and you know they want to strip everything down to where they have nothing extra. It's just what they need, and not a single extra library, single extra module.
1: A great example of this, I've got um, in my Discord. I've had him on my podcast as well. Uh, the guy who wrote the wiki page on Gen Two and how to install Gen Two on a PS Two. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a good couple of weeks to do the compiling, but you can do it. Oh yeah, you don't want to, but you can do
0: it. I mean, it takes days on a Pi. I mean, I, I remember when the PS2 came out and we were installing Linux on it just because we could. Yeah, the official. It Linux, took yeah. forever, man. It took for friggin' ever, oh, but it was worth it because we did
1: it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it. So funny re- about that off the PS3.
0: I remember. I think it bricked the PS2 we were using. I think we a lot of people. Point. A, yeah. a lot of people did brick their their machines yeah it was pretty rad it was it was tight <laughs> times something like bricking your video game console all right so let's 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 take the bloat thing let's pivot here a little bit guys what what is your current desktop environment like i, I kind of know the answer to this but i want to ask you individually derek What what's your your primary desktop environment or window manager or whatever what are you running right now in your
2: system? well it varies but right now i'm in qtel
0: okay uh how about you brody
1: Currently running Hyperland.
0: You guys are like way off the beaten path.
1: <laughs> I love it. I run you, Arch. What are you, of course I am. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you're I mean, asking,
1: what, my system breaking.
2: You're yeah. asking what window manager I, I spent the most time in over yeah. my, my okay. Linux desktop experience. Sure. Xmonad's probably the one I spent the most time in. Yeah. Over Xmonad the years. is
0: tight. Xmonad's um, pretty tight. And yeah. I spent
2: a lot of time in the awesome window totally manager cool. as well.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome for me. As is well. nice. I spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. So do you guys, you guys my tend back towards, tend towards tiling then? Like tiling yeah. is kind of yeah. the way you like it. Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same way. And I, I wonder how how way off we are. Because I mean, most most people use GNOME, right? Almost mm-hmm. everyone uses GNOME. But if you had to, if the two of you had to choose, like the only two desktop environments were out there were GNOME and KDE Plasma. Which one do you go with? Ooh.
1: I'm planning to try out plasma. Gun to six your myself. head. So well, okay, Let, let's <laughs> let's say right now.
0: Let's say with what's released right now, because I mean, there's there's always a you know a you know GTK four blah 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 a sure. new new version of Cutie Pie whatever <laughs> with what's out there right now. No more KDE. Pick one, Brody. Gun to well, your head. It's not even matter of
1: it's not even a matter of KDE being bad right now. The only reason I said Plasma Six when it comes out is because like it's, you know, big new release, nice features. I would be happy to use it right now. I'm just happy with my current environment.
0: So you're saying KDE over GNOME? Yeah, You're dodging I'd the question here, my bro.
2: I'm glad he went first because I was going to have the same issue because I really, I'm going to look bad either way because I have complaints about both GNOME and KDE <laughs> uh, for different reasons. I have more complaints about Plasma, the desktop environment, but I have a lot more complaints about GNOME the foundation and the people (laughs) so i I would say just speaking from the desktop i would probably choose gnome because it's a lot less heavy as as far as features it's a lot more minimal which coming from a tiling window manager i can kind of make gnome into a tiling window manager if i want to and and it would actually be pretty simple gnome
0: gnome thing gnome Gnome is an English word. They they, they sit outside in your front lawn. It's gnome. G-N-O-M-E. Gnome. Oh, come on. You
2: probably call it the mate desktop too. You're using mate.
0: Mate. Yes, it's mate. (laughs) It's just mate. That's what it Mice. is. It's mate. Yeah. It's not. Oh, I use Gnome on top of Mate. Like no, 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 no.
2: Well, you know, no, 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 no. That's I too. To, hoity, hoity I have to call Rizky. it Gnome in deference to the the GNU project because Richard oh. Stallman he gets upset if you don't <laughs> mention GNU every chance you get. <laughs>
0: I, I, so I, I, had, I had this very discussion with, with Richard, and we basically agreed to disagree on it, and uh, mm. we were going to be fine with it. But yeah, I refuse. Here's the thing with the GNU project. Their mascot is a new. It is. It, it, they literally make a point about how GNU is the name of an animal. Here's a picture of our friggin' animal that we are named after. at at this point but we're gonna make you pronounce it wrong no 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 no. and gnome they're not gun gnome they're their little their logo is the foot of a gnome you know what this is it's not the foot of a gun gnome
2: you're the only one that's not in on
0: the joke brian it's not it's what what what, what is what what, no i'm not i'm not buying it i'm not putting up with this garbage I'm not putting up with it. All right. All right. So, so if I had to choose, uh, though? You had to choose. Gnome. You, you'd go Gnome. Brody, would yeah. go KDE? Yeah. Yeah. So if that was my now, only option. Even yeah. if I run
1: a desktop yeah. environment, I'm going to run a lot of the same apps I use. So it's kind of like... Yeah, it, I'm going it's to... It's weird. Like, I'm not dropping D-Menu, for example. Like, that's no. still going to be my launcher.
2: I mean, essentially, I'm going to use Gnome to launch Emacs full screen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, seriously. <laughs> because that's what I spend most of my time doing. Anyway, <laughs> so it really doesn't... It doesn't matter then right emacs becomes your desktop environment as soon as you open it so it really doesn't yeah, matter what you use
0: to get EMAX there yeah. here's here's my thinking almost like none of the big application nowadays applications nowadays are using the cute frameworks right the cute api sets and whatnot that's true but, but I mean, like if you're not running like kde like project software, like the Caligra suite or something like that, you're not running Qt applications. You're probably running GTK stuff like nine out of 10 times, right? And
2: and the proprietary stuff, a lot of that's cross-platform. Qt runs well on
0: Windows, so that's part of the reason they they choose that. And and I get that. I get that. But, I mean, if you're on Linux, if you're a Linux dude and you're running Linux software, for me – I don't know. I kind of I kind of, almost would rather run the desktop environment that uses the API set that most of the software I'm using ran. You know what I mean? Like, it just to make it feel nice and look nice. That's why I go gnome over KDE in that way. Just because. Just because. And while we're at it, should KDE, I want you guys on record on this one, should KDE go back to their old name of the cool desktop environment?
1: Is that originally what it meant?
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. K o o l. The yeah. cool desktop yeah. environment. Absolutely. You know, you, you have a problem with GNOME, but you thought misspelling cool that that was I, a good uh, idea. Hey, here's the thing. I didn't say it was a good idea. I just <laughs> said it was original. You were probably <laughs> one I of those guys back in the day with created. XFCE.
2: Did you call it Xface like a lot of people did, or what was the no? Who called it X? Man, people used to call <laughs> XFCE Xface. You're making like, that you know, up. Well, here. It, it was <laughs> real,
0: man. I, I've heard it. <laughs> when I was a child, they called it X-Face. No, no, no. And, and was that, that was back, back when XFC stood
2: for some acronym, which now I don't know if XFC actually stands for anything. They say it doesn't. And that they just stick with the letters now, just no, for Xfce historical does reasons.
0: Stand for something. Um, shoot, 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 shoot. It's it's like FVWM and everything X-forms else.
1: Like for... Environment. That's what go. it. That's what it meant back. Oh, okay. That was but a... because. I... Don't trust the search engine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't don't trust the search engine. Never, <laughs> ever trust the search engine. The search engine it, it will mess for, you up.
2: They, they were building XFCE. They were basing it off of some piece of technology that died about five years after its initial release. So the name doesn't even make sense anymore. That's why they don't even tell you it's an acronym for anything because the acronym wouldn't make sense <laughs>
0: yeah folks in the chat room are already chiming back in x forms common environment Yeah, yeah. i think that x forms I think, that's right I, yeah. I think that's right i believe that's well, what
1: i just found proof of what dt said about x face in their own faq did um, you really
2: yeah I, I i know i've heard people call it x face and i always thought that was
0: very cringe derek so did you the edit radiation. their faq during the show because i've never heard this before no. next yeah
1: in the FAQ under, what does it mean? It says, currently the abbreviation doesn't stand for anything. Suggestion, X freaking cool environment. It's not pronounced X-Face. I like that. There's no A in it.
0: <laughs> it's not pronounced. Okay. All
1: right. You know what? I, I've never heard anyone call it X-Face, but I'll roll I with that.
0: Either.
2: I, have, I like- have been in many, many years, but trust me, back in the day, people would occasionally use that term.
1: Yeah, that's my thing. Their- <laughs> dogs.
0: Back in the day, I think you know what are we talking like the nineteen seventies, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. I need to get you guys on record for some more things here because this, this, we need to go down the line here. Uh, X and Wayland, which one? Pick one. Brody goes first. X org, X eleven, X server, whatever, or Wayland,
1: as the official Wayland shill. um... Which, are I, you the I've official
0: Wayland shill? Like I have is, been declared. Is, is, is that, has that been officialized? Are you the Are you the exalted shill of Wayland?
1: According to boycott Wayland, yes. Um, I am the official YouTube Wayland shill, um, and I'm running Hyperland right now. And I've completely ditched X11, <laughs> with the exception of XWayland for a couple of things. Um, so. There's my answer.
0: Why? (laughs) Why? Why, man? Why? Give give me the elevator pitch. I'm stuck on an elevator with you. The doors are opening in two floors. One of us just tooted, but neither will fess up to it. And you have to convince me before the doors open that I need to go to Wayland from from XOR. Why?
1: Right now, it's not a... Right now, it's a bit of a tough one to answer. Yes. Because there are still a couple of things that need to be dealt with. Like multi-window apps are definitely a problem. Yeah. Um, Global hotkeys are being dealt with, there's like a portal for it. Like it's it's in a implementation stage. Uh the main issue is that Xorg is maintained entirely by Red Hat, and Red Hat is planning to drop Xorg uh, from mm-hmm. RHEL in the next version. And
0: uh, that's that's reasonable. Red Hat's dropping everything. So yeah, that, that kinda kinda makes a certain amount of sense. Okay,
1: okay. There's a lot I'll of see. problems right now, for sure. And I, I do agree that people should probably stick to it if they don't like those problems. And NVIDIA is a major problem um when is Nvidia not
0: a major problem i mean to be fair i mean there's a
1: lot of things that just every generation every
0: generation of linux users has a problem Mm. with nvidia and it's a different problem every generation of us the (laughs) the old people remember the problems with nvidia and it's a totally different round of problems than what the young whippersnappers like brody have to deal with today derek derek xorger wayland
2: well, right now I'm running NVIDIA on my home computer, so uh, XORG is really the only option. Unless I want to run GNOME. GNOME on Wayland runs pretty well on... Stop it! What
1: GPU are you running? I'm running
2: a 2060.
1: Okay, so you're just on the edge where NVIDIA is starting to become good. <laughs> if you run a 4060, apparently it works well.
2: Yeah, I need to get a new uh, GPU because... Yeah... I didn't want the Nvidia card when I bought it, but there were still that was the days where it was still hard to come by computer parts. I was building that computer, and I just had to grab whatever I could find at the time. And at the time, I could only find that particular card. Uh, I I would have went AMD otherwise.
0: So let's let's pretend like we're old school Linuxing here, where you're gonna you're gonna build your Linux machine, but you know that only certain hardware is gonna work, right? Like you know you're only a certain Wi-Fi chipset will will work under your friggin' Linux machine, right? Let's pretend like it, we're back in like 1998 again. Yeah, when I was born. If if you could pick, <laughs> were you born in night? Oh my yeah. heavens, <laughs> Betsy um that just reset my brain a little (laughs) bit so let's 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 pretend right like you're going to build a machine to make your your option your optimal just just righteously awesome linux rig so you can get whatever gpu you want in that case are you going with xorg or wayland
1: 98 wayland exists but i'm just saying
0: like it's 98 (laughs) goodness gracious did they? I would. Did they? Did they not have hypotheticals when you went to school look, in I'm 2021, guessing. Brody? <laughs> Hi, hypothetically speaking,
1: hey, he knows you're Actually, trying that might to be right, him
2: in the corner. He, he's not going to fall for that. Is what it is. He's, okay, he, he but, sees but, that coming.
0: But Derek, now no, look. Okay, if you <laughs> can put it, whatever GPU you want in, is it Wayland or Xorg? Come on, man. Well, right
2: now, I, it would still be XORG, even if I could buy all the parts and everything, like AMD, Why? obviously. Because uh, right now, I'm kind of comfortable with everything that just works. I don't want to break existing workflow until it actually makes sense to do so.
0: That's that, and Right
2: now, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Probably in another, I don't know, couple of years, we'll be there. But right now, it's it would be more of a hassle I would break things just to move to Wayland to experience more breakage when I get to Wayland. And I I just, I don't do headaches these days. I I like a no headache free Linux experience.
0: Is that the purpose of Wayland just to break things? Like, is that, was that the point? Because I've tried, I try Wayland about once a year, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been making fun of distros claiming that Wayland is going to be the default on their new setup. For over a decade now, it's going to be over
2: 40 kda. I I, I remember people saying in 2009 Wayland would be ready in 2010. Yes, okay. Shoot, I want to say I
0: did. I I did a, a, a Linux sucks show in 2014 when Fedora was saying next year Wayland would be default. Because it was totally ready, and they just have to fix a couple bugs, and it's a hundred percent. We are now almost a decade later, and none of the features that I want have been added into wait. Like I, I, I use I use a uh, uh, clients and servers all the time in X, right? Like I literally have a DOS machine that I can mm. use as an X client and X, X org server, right. <laughs> Using a uh, uh, using Desk View and whatnot, and I can do all of that to my Linux machine so I can run DOS software remotely using an X server on an X client on a, on a Linux machine and also bring in some Solaris, Solaris applications and all these other things. Now I know, I know that that's weird. I know that most people don't want to do that sort of ridiculousness. And I know that I don't need to do that. I know that's just something I want to do. But the fact that they're taking that away from me makes me mad. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like if I have a, an old golden musket from 1820 and it doesn't fire bullets anymore, but it's cool and engraved and golden and someone wants to come and take it out of me. It's like, take it away from me. I'm like, no, no, that's my weird non-functional golden musket. And you can't take it away from me. And I feel like that's what Wayland is trying to do to me and it makes me mad. So I refuse to use Wayland unless it gives me all the things that I want and gives me my golden musket. That's my, so- That's my stance.
1: When it comes to the X Eleven forwarding stuff, um, X Wayland is just basically a fork of Xorg. Like all of that stuff still can work in that. It it just requires a slightly different command. So that stuff is all there. It's the problem that I have with so my issue with Wayland. I whilst people call me Wayland Shield, like in reality, I am very I am the most critical of Wayland. Um, I think the Wayland devs had no idea what they that. were doing for the first like ten years. They were like, they they had this theoretical desktop in mind that they were aiming towards. The problem is they had no idea what real-world use cases were. Like, you had to argue with GNOME devs, actually not Plasma devs as much, GNOME devs especially. GNOME!
0: GNOME! Gnome. There's no guh. It's not G-U-H-N-O-M-E.
1: GNOME! we when we past the bit. We've done this already. Uh, I I, I can it, it, it sticks
0: in my craw, and I can't handle it. It make it makes my brain itch. Okay, it we'll this, say this gnome. Spot sure. Right here, it gets itchy.
2: Uh, you're lucky anyway. I haven't called it GNU slash Linux yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You know, All right. All right. I'll zip it on the gnome thing for a little bit. <laughs> Let's tell me more about gnome issues. Well,
1: it's, it's more like gnome you know, issues with devs. Um, it took a good five years of arguing with the Gnome devs, with WROOTS devs, with all of these devs, to argue that there's a use case for screen tearing, and there is a use case for multi-window apps. That's right now, it's taken about six months for that. It's taken, it took multiple years to get any sort of screen capture solution in place. I think the first 10 years of Wayland, they had no idea what they were doing. It's not until maybe like three or so years ago, now that we actually have more than just Gnome, and more than just the what do you call it the the reference implementation that real problems are being dealt with where real users are actually getting involved things are improving very quickly now but we have 30 years worth of x11 desktops to replace and that takes a long time to do like there's a lot of why because red hat wants to that's why i don't care what red hat wants We don't even support LibreOffice
0: anymore i don't care what they want
2: Part of the problem with Wayland taking so long was the fact that Red Hat was the one driving development. And, you know, the reason a lot of people have problems with the devs is because a lot of the projects that Red Hat stands behind, unless you're working for Red Hat, they really don't care about your input or you committing anything. And, you know, they're, they're well known of being jack wagons. And when it comes to outsiders trying to be a part of their projects. So...
1: Um, I've yeah. read many a Wayland issue. And... Yeah. <laughs> Brody yes. says yes. Because I, I want know to... people
2: that work for other Linux companies that have tried to work with Red Hat on things, and they say, you can't you want do to it. If tear let, let your on.
1: hair out, <laughs> have a read of any of the client-side versus server-side decoration issues. Because it's basically Gnome saying so client side is the way we do it and everybody else saying no we haven't done it like this for the past five years you're the only one who still does it like this yeah 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 or vr vr's also a fun one (laughs) what uh uh, vr headsets there's a protocol called DRM leasing which Valve no one uses wants them
0: those. to implement <laughs> Those are those are so 2023. Uh VR is is gone. Uh, I, I no guess. one uses those anymore. By the time Apple releases whatever <laughs> the friggin goggles they got, everyone's going to be like we don't want those anymore.
2: We're done. I forgot VR was even a thing until
0: Seriously. <laughs> like it's it's done. <laughs> it's done. Like like there's going to be like a couple people that use it to play the like the lightsaber swinging games or whatever and then that's yeah, it. Be, that's, be, yeah. There's no need. We don't need to put xorg or wayland in a vr goggle that's just no 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 Playing those
1: games on and i want to play my linux (laughs) all right uh
0: all right let's let's change change tack just for a moment because uh, i'm trying to get you guys on record on as many of these things as possible because it's important and i want it immutable desktops 2024, we've got multiple distributions that are moving heavily towards immutability, right? The next release of Ubuntu, we see the first immutable version of, of client in Ubuntu. It won't be default, but the next Ubuntu will have their immutable snappy only you know, base system. And if that goes well in the closest, we'll probably ever see that as default will be the end of this year, but more likely probably sometime next year, right? But everything's moving that way. At least a lot of the big distros are. How does that make you feel on the inside? How does your inner Linux nerd feel? About major distributions moving towards immutable releases, what do you what do you think of that, Derek? I, I want to know from from you first. Knowing what kinds of systems you like to run and what what window managers you enjoy, what are your feelings on this? On the immutable plus snappy as the future, how does that how does that make you feel?
2: Um, me personally, right yeah, now, you I probably, personally, I, I probably wouldn't. Choose to run any of them right now, but just because none of them are that great right now. Okay. Like I, you know, it, it's one of those things if they got it right and it was a seamless experience. um, And, and that's kind of the point of it is they want to create these. Desktops that are unbreakable that your grandmother, you know, she can run. She never has to worry about updating a software because things like snap packages, flat packs and things like that auto update. So you don't have to worry about people's browser being insecure, things like that. I understand the reasoning behind it, but until, until that's a better experience than what it is now, it's Do not you- even...
0: On your machine, do you mm-hmm. want an immutable system where you can't easily get access to the the core roots of things, and your your packages for everything gets auto updated uh, to the to whatever version canonical and whatnot? Say you should have. That's, I, is I that do you want that? I'm I'm kind of indifferent. Like I could take You're it or different. leave it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean I'm. Take yeah, I, I really could, because I, I could I could work with it either way. Having played with some of these distributions, honestly, I could use them. Even though I said I I, I, I wouldn't use them, it's not like I feel about it that strongly. Okay. that makes sense. That's can like, I, can I be straight with about you? it? Huh.
0: That was not what I was expecting out I, of I Derek know. Taylor. A, of, of, a lot of people
2: wouldn't expect that answer. That's – but. I was that's not expecting truth.
0: that at all. <laughs> You're breaking my brain right now, Brody. What's your answer? I, I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but th- tell me anyway. Tell
1: me. I think they're a neat technical experiment, and I like it when people are just trying something weird. If, like, you know, it's it's not the thing that I'm going to run personally on my main system. Like, I run Arch. I'm going to keep running Arch, and Arch is never going to be in a mutual system. Like, that's just not what they're trying to do. And on my main system, sure. I like to have something that can break. I like to have something where I can just mess around with it and do really dumb things with it. But I think there is a place for them. Like, if I have a media, uh, media center PC, I don't want to think about that. I just want it to, like, do media center things. And I'll just chuck a okay. little thing on there. It can update, whatever. Media play works. I've got a Steam Deck back there. I just load it up. It just plays games. I don't have to think about... I just click the update button. Everything just whoop, magically updates. Updates the entire system. But...
0: on your computer your desktop or your laptop in front of you man your machine your machine is a is an extension of your soul man do you want that to be an immutable system like when you close your eyes and you think this is my computer is it immutable or not
1: on my main system definitely not if it's a system that i don't want to think about though like if i just have a a laptop i carry to a cafe or go to university or something i just want to think about it i want to make sure it's always there that you know i don't want it's another thing but it, the it main thing i like to break it
0: Hey, D- derek derek <laughs> i hate to tell you this buddy but brody got the answer right you you failed this one uh he no. you absolutely <laughs> bombed he did, you <laughs> bombed well, it was just I, I
2: do want to uh caution brody on when he says uh you know arch will never move that direction i, I wouldn't be so sure about that because honestly, like the, the Arch right. install, the new Arch install where, you know, you can feed it a script and it, it installs. Arch. Don't be surprised the if the one day it's not install. very NixOS-like where you can start rolling back to previous generations of things yeah. like, like this coming. Even yeah. though, you know, it hasn't been hinted at. I'm sure that they're seeing the success of these other immutable distributions.
0: And one day they're going to offer that. Case in point, the whole Gentoo going binary thing. That was right. a joke. Like, literally, that was an April Fool's joke from, like, seven or eight years ago was, oh, Gentoo now is binary. That was an April Fool's joke. It was an actual one in the Linux community. And now the unthinkable is reality, and the whole thing's moving that way. Arch. (laughs) Oh, man, Arch could be friggin' uh, based on RPMs and immutable systems in three years. It is amazing how quickly the worlds of Linux can shift. What distro is on top? Who is based on what? What technology they're using? Just a couple of years, things can shift quickly unless Wayland is involved and then it will never ship at all. I I promise you,
2: 10 years ago, there were people running Arch that thought that Wayland, or not Wayland, that uh, System D was never coming. That sys Five was going to be around forever, and those people, yeah. you know, had a, a rude
0: awakening one day when they
1: did their updates. Pottering.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you just say, Brody? <laughs> Leonard no, Pottering. Know
1: the power of Leonard Pottering. Oh, Leonard!
0: Oh, Leonard! 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 Breaking everything he can for the last ten years. Um, all right! All right! All right! So, so generally, what we're what we're of a consensus here is that derek is just is just wrong on everything immutable that that seems what we're coming to here yeah Mm -hmm. i i see i don't i don't fundamentally understand the allure of an immutable system i mean i get it for like i don't know like a chrome os machine Mm -hmm. or or like or like you said brody like maybe like for a set top box or something but like for my computer my computer i I want to be root as everything if I can. I want to be able to screw up my machine so utterly royally that it is hilarious how much trouble I cause for myself. If I can't I, do that, it's not my computer and I,
1: I don't want any part of it. I'm out. I think the main issue that Mutable Systems had for a long time was the availability of applications. Now that we have things like District Box, where you can just run a Docker container very easily, install anything you want. <sighs> like that's... It's, it's a Yeah, it's it's a lot of extra things you're you gonna run but if you like the immutable concept and you think it's a cool like a technical experiment that gives yeah. you access to what you want to run whereas before you had you know you had snaps if you supported that and you wanted to run a snap for some reason you have flat packs you have app images you could do nix os and a lot of them which give you know the Nix package manager does give you a lot The problem is problems a lot of things out of date as well um but Having DistroBox there and being able to just install any other package you want, I think was a massive boon to these platforms.
0: I guess so. Yeah, but again, how yucky does it make you feel to think I want to run a piece of software? I'd like to install a new text editor. Well, better spin up a Docker instance. Let me go get some Kubernetes yeah. action on a little K eight so I can run a text editor. Like that's gonna drive me insane. Like I I I appreciate I like that it might work. It might work, but that's like it's like 18 layers of making Lunduke grumpy. And I just don't think I can go that far. Again, yeah, at that point I'm going back to DOS. I'm just calling it a day.
2: I I, I use snaps, flat packs, app images. Like I, I, I can get behind that, but the distro box thing, like I I I guess it depends on the distribution you're running, but running Arch, I have never in my life said, Oh, I want the version of this program from the Debian repos. I've never ever I, I'm, like I can't even imagine why anybody would want to do something like that.
0: It, it used, I mean, that used to be the case, like with um, a lot of times you'd have RPM based distributions, but you'd want to move things between install things that only were available on Debian mm-hmm. or even more often you'd want to get some sort of enterprisey thing from an RPM thing. And you'd have to use a, what was it? Alien. Alien would, was a tool that could allow you to convert morph it. over yeah. an, uh, an RPM to a Debian and whatnot. That sort of thing used to happen a lot, but I don't know of anyone who's had to run alien or anything like it in Well, that's here. why you're saying, it,
2: I guess it depends on the distribution, but at least with three of them, Debian, Ubuntu, and Arch, is there anything that's not in their repos? Like, I, do you ever come across a program in any of those three distributions where it's like, oh, it's not in the repos. You got to go.
1: If you're on Ubuntu, there are cases we might want something newer. Like you might want newer drivers, for example. Well,
0: that's why they're that's moving to Snaps. Except- they're already solving that problem without the Docker Very thing.
1: True. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah you know more or less you're 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 mostly right i mean there, i can think of a handful of, of things like sync term and a few other weird little esoteric terminal yeah, i mean when you get into some I of use, the weird
2: like command line stuff ninety nine you know. right.
0: yeah 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 i mean 99 you're right i mean that, that that just is is the way
1: i'm just too uh, spoiled by having the aur like <laughs> i can't even think about this problem yeah. everything's just there
0: i mean i mean it's fair i mean the arch user repository i mean it has friggin everything in it i mean just about everything some of it has 100 percent
2: of the software that you want but only 80 percent of it actually builds correctly when you go to install it
0: yep absolutely (laughs) i mean come on brody you love arch you love it you love it i mean i get why you love it but i mean even you have to admit you hit broken packages fairly often right
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's
0: part of the downside, right? You live with the good and the bad of these sorts of things. It just happens. It's okay. It's all right. Um, but on the plus side, you don't have to spin up a Docker image uh, or, uh, or a snap package every time you want to run Firefox or whatever the frig. So it's got that going for it. Um, all right, gentlemen, uh, beards. All of us have, have uh, super sweet facial hair. Uh, that is, in my opinion, a requirement for being a man. Um, but <laughs> there are there are many in the tech world that do not have facial hair. Um, give, but it, give it running Windows. So now are are we going to go this far? Because this is where I was going with this. Is it used to be that we used to laugh about the neck beards, right? And and the laughing about the neck beards has kind of gone away a bit because when you go to conferences, do you guys go to Linux conferences or tech conferences all that often? No. No,
1: it all cost right. me fifteen hundred dollars to get to the U.S.
0: <laughs> that's that's a very fair point. Uh, I, I
1: I had a
2: couple of them on the radar before uh, COVID, and then you know once all of that, everything got sidetracked for
0: a few years, and so I, I used to go to them all the time. Right, I used to have like three or so I'd hit every year, <laughs> and through the the early two thousands, neck beards were everywhere. You'd go to these conferences and there would be dudes with neck beards. And if they didn't have a neck beard, they just had a big bushy beard. They looked like they were ZZ Top members, right? (laughs) They were everywhere. And it was awesome. Nowadays, you go to these tech conferences, every, every dude is walking around clean shaven, um, with a with a clean, qu- finely coiffed bit of hair and a little bit of product up there. And it is very different. It's like a whole different world. So I, I'm curious, do you think it should be a requirement that, that, that men in the, the Linux world have facial hair? I think it should be a requirement. Well, I mean, if, if we're Forget being... Freedom. If if we're playing strictly by the
2: rules, you're supposed to have a neck beard. You're supposed to primarily script in Perl or alt. If you're still running alt scripts alt alt is, and alt, alt is all right. I mean, a little
0: bit of Lisp ain't bad. But yeah. yeah. So yeah,
2: yeah, I, I miss the the old neck beard Unixy times. So. I miss them.
0: They, I i i i hadn't put my finger on it but it got pointed out to me because i was progressively feeling less and less comfortable at these linux conferences and it just all the people around looked like they were uh they had they got their mba from stanford and now they worked in the open source <laughs> industry at microsoft because microsoft hearts linux so much yeah. right and like the whole the whole vibe changed and like they don't, and i think i think i attribute it to the loss of neck beards i think that someone having a neck beard makes them more more into the open source and Unix and Linux and all that sort of thing, and I think it helps us just by being in proximity to the neck beard. I think it I gives off really, some sort of love that we just gets us into it. I really
2: attribute it to the scripting thing. I think the minute people started preferring Python scripting over Perl
0: scripting, that was when all hope was lost. <laughs> That's it. That's no, nice. no, uh, Brody, Brody, Brody clearly agrees. Brody's like, let's get rid of Python. <laughs> Let's get uh, Python and yeah, go back I, to Perl for everything. Regular expressions I, for life. Am I right, Brody? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever tried uh, to do regular expressions Python, in
2: Python? No, no. What a nightmare!
0: Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> whereas in whereas in Perl, it just instantly obviously makes it's
2: sense. a first class citizen.
0: I hate regular expressions so much, man! It looks like someone sneezed on a keyboard. I just can't handle it.
2: Yeah, it looks like the cat walked across the keyboard. <laughs>
0: it does. It absolutely does. Oh my word! Um, uh, uh, before we head off uh, in, into the world, before we we really really do that, I've got a few other things I want to talk about. But let's take a quick moment, uh, Derek. Where can mm-hmm. people find you on the intertubes? Where where do you want to send people to? Well, Give primarily the Universal though- Resource Locator.
2: Primarily they'll find uh the distro channel on YouTube and on Odyssey.
0: You're still using Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa, hardcore. Yeah, hardcore.
2: People still watch on Odyssey. I get quite a few views over there. As it's, it's actually it's weird because you don't hear about it as much, but there is a very dedicated group of people that obviously won't step foot on YouTube, but yeah, no, they they're fine with Odyssey. They'll, they'll go to Odyssey and watch.
0: What's, what's amazing, you know, because Library, the parent company, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're gone, right? The right. government came in and just kicked their butt and beat them into the ground until they were dead and cried for uncle. But Odyssey's still going. I, mm-hmm. Blows my mind. All right, everyone, I everyone they, they were sold to
1: debt collectors or something.
0: Yes. They put it up for auction, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right, Derek, Universal Resource Locator, go. Uh... Or not Derek. Brody. Brody. I already told. I already said Derek. Brody's <laughs> the other one. I was pointing at the right guy on the screen, but you guys can't see that. Brody, go. Yeah. Tell, tell everyone where to get your stuff.
1: Uh, the main channel is Brody Robinson. Uh, I do Linux videos there. I've got the podcast Tech Over Tea, And I've okay. also got my gaming channel, Brody on Games. I'll be live there in about four hours after I take another nap.
0: <laughs> That's ridiculous. What time is it where you're at, Brody?
1: 5.15 a.m. That's insane.
0: That's crazy. I mean, I mean, kudos for kudos for joining us, buddy. I mean, yeah, holy, awesome holy. <laughs> Blundick invite you to a show. Of course, you
1: could show up. Oh Man, hell yeah! D-
2: d- just drink a monster and
1: <laughs> call it a no. I didn't sleep <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right.
0: Um, but before before we head off, I want to touch on a topic that my hope is deep down in in this part of my body, the the thumping part gets both of you into trouble and uh because i can't have someone on my show and not try and bait them into a trap where they get into a little bit of trouble uh so last week last week i had you know chris fisher jupiter broadcasting and wendell from level one they had them on the show and i had to ask them some of the same things i want to know your opinion on the stuff that happened with red hat over december I, not from a political standpoint, uh, but, but from the standpoint of the impact you think it'll have. So the quick, the quick summary, the quick, quick summary for those of you who have been watching at home and trying to avoid this stuff is over the course of December, a series of leaks came out that showed that both IBM and Red Hat had very discriminatory hiring practices, including in their engineering departments, where they specifically were hiring and firing based on skin color uh and then they and then we had a number of leaks exclusively to the Lunduke Journal uh where we talked about where they talked about their training programs where they told people that some people were evil based on their skin color that is resulting in legal action that is spinning up impacting red hat directly now the reason I want to I want to ask this is, this is becoming a big story. It already is a big story outside of our world, right? In the political people yell at each other world, right? Well, we'll let political people yell at each other. But since political people are screaming and yelling at each other over all this, and Red Hat is being impacted directly with legal action, employees internally basically just going on revolt and we're already seeing massive Red Hat layoffs over the last year, huge amounts of de-investments in Linux and open source. They, they stopped supporting LibreOffice and they stopped releasing source code for RHEL and all these other things. What do you think the future of 2024 holds for Red Hat, one of the biggest contributors to the Linux ecosystem that exists right now? I want to. I'm to Derek. I'm going to go to you first, and feel free to find the biggest pile of manure in that field and step in it because that. Yeah, I've got no me problem alive.
2: with that.
1: Um, you're on no. break right now.
0: <laughs> well, you know, when
2: Red Hat sold to IBM, we knew a lot of things would change. I think anybody that has been paying attention knew that the Red Hat of old died that day. And when you started closed sourcing some of your software, trying to, you know, do some of those shenanigans and then the hiring practices or whatever. That's not the red hat crowd from, you know, most of the people that were more of the open source crowd. They're gone. You know, the ones that had any sense. They've taken other jobs. Right. And now it's all wow. this IBM corporate BS. And unfortunately, you do have these weird hiring practices at some of these Billion dollar companies because they're more worried about PR looking good in the public's eye. In many cases, uh, than actually, they're not a software company. IBM's not a software company the way Red Hat primarily was. IBM's this global conglomerate of they got a, a lot of fingers and they a lot a of. They got a lot pies, of things going right? on. Yeah, they're, and, they're and the they are in a
0: lot of fires. Yeah,
2: this, this was always going to happen. Is what is Red Hat's outlook going forward? It's not good. It's, it's not good, but it's been going this way really for a couple of years since the sale. So it, it, this is not surprising. Uh, what, what
1: do you think, Brody? I, when I initially saw the leaks, were quite skeptical of them because, you know, whenever you have this leak where it's from some unnamed source and then some of the information I've seen in the leaks don't exactly line up, like people on the documents are not having positions that they are publicly listed as. I'm still... I'm not fully bought in on the leaks themselves. I'm sure you know more about them uh, I than know I do. But also, I'm not surprised with it being an American company run by a multi-billion dollar industry uh, company. <laughs> it, it it lines up with what I would expect to be real. I just don't know if I fully believe that it is real. Um,
0: you know what? Let's tackle that real quick, because this is kind of interesting. So, so the London Journal, so I get huge numbers of these leaks. Once once they, they all started with uh, another outlet, another outlet got video leaks about IBM. Two days later, well, a day and a half later, I started getting leaks from Red Hat because Red Hat employees started getting really upset. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, we're done and we're not gonna take it anymore. And so they reached out to me because, yeah. And so they reached out to me and I started talking with them and I started vetting it. I received leaks from about seven or eight different Red Hat employees. Some of them were overlapping. Some of them were the same material. Some of them were kind of supporting. And then I went to multiple other employees at Red Hat that I've known for for years because I'm like, look, This is outlandish stuff, right? This is crazy. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that like huge, gigantic billion-dollar class action lawsuits happen over. I can't just go publishing this without being 100% certain. So what I did is I I kind of sent in some details to some of my contacts that hadn't been providing me leaks, just people I know. And um, almost all of them were like, yeah, that's real. And so they went and checked on things for me. So what I had people check was, I'm like, okay, I've got screenshots of emails coming in saying this, this, and this. That's pretty intense. Well, luckily, I personally know some of the people who sent those emails. So I was able to verify directly. And some of them, I was able to just have people go in and check. I'm like, did this person hold that position? Does this line up with other things they've said? Can you find that email in the email alias? And nine times out of 10, yes. And so the stuff I published was stuff that I could independently verify with at least two different sources from within inside Red Hat, specifically of current employees. And some of the stuff that was leaked was from additional other employees. Now I've got a problem right now because as this has been going on, I've started receiving leaks from Microsoft, Amazon and a few other companies. I haven't been able to independently verify a lot of those details yet. So I haven't published them yet. I've I've been sitting on a series of leaks from Microsoft for the last two and a half weeks because every single person within the open source divisions of microsoft i know will not go on the record or even off the record with me to verify the leaks but red hat employees are like chomping at the bit to talk about this like they're like fed up furious and they're like yes this is all legit um the slide deck i got i don't know if you guys saw that but they, they had a whole presentation that literally had lists of negative adjectives about white people. And it was like, it was like multiple slides where it was like, here's white people. And it just listed like, I think it was like 15 or 16 different negative adjectives that you can apply to white people. And then then it literally had a black people column with just here's here's positive adjectives about black people and that was the whole thing it was like to train people how to insult white people it was the weirdest thing right like why would anyone do that that's so weird and um so i got this presentation but what was fascinating about it was i got the original powerpoint slide deck with all the speaker notes and i was able to go in and and independently verify that that training actually did take place and i was able to talk to two people that actually sat in on it. So all the stuff I published, I I verified every which way from Sunday. Um, So uh, I'm sitting on a lot of other stuff that I can't publish in my feeling because I haven't independently verified it a lot. And I don't wanna risk publishing something that's not 100% backed up and verified. So if you go and check out everything I've done, oh man. (laughs) Oh, man, it is valid. Uh, and uh, off the air, I can I can provide you with uh, a little extra backup on that. But anyway, yeah, I, I, but yes, it's, it's legit.
2: I think some what? of these companies are, are, have been taking, you know, diversity hiring to an extreme. It really, I remember years ago, people were really pushing the fact that we need more women, for example, in tech, in the tech mm. industry, which is true. It's like 95% male. It is. It's, yeah. it's completely male dominated. Totally. But people also don't understand that it's not like these corporations are preventing women from taking jobs. They're just not interested. It's not like there's a barrier to entry for women that's not there for men. When I look yeah. at my YouTube analytics, do you know the percentage of men to women? It's 97% men, 3% women. Yeah, it's about Is number. there a barrier to entry to watching YouTube? <laughs> hey, what's, what's, wait, what's your number, Brody? What's I think your,
1: mine's 2.5. I'll yeah. check it. Uh, audience, let's see what are we at right now. No, mine's three point eight. Okay, mine's going oh, up. About,
0: yes, yeah, I'm, I'm about four percent. Four percent women is my, my is my my audience size. But yeah, it's it's it. That's that's about. But, but if more.
2: women in in general are not interested in tech, how can you force it to be an issue that we have to have equal numbers of women and men? And you know, it's like, what well, where are you going to find qualified women for these positions? You can't. Yeah, you can't
0: yeah i mean like so like it's it's fascinating because so my wife was a was a programmer before she became a stay-at-home mom she was a programmer right and a really really good one but you know she was looking around and she's like she was kind of annoyed because there are like no women who want to do this. Like, it's like, like it's again, Mm -hmm. it's like four, three, 2% of the, of the nerdy population was was women along those lines. And she was more likely to get jobs because she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And she found that annoying. She's like, "That's kind of an insult." She's like, "I'm a really good dev. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get a diversity hire. I just want them to hire me because I'm a really awesome dev. And I don't want the people around me thinking I got hired just because I'm a lady. I got, I, just, I got hired because I'm kick-ass dev. And so it was annoying to her. And and I, I know a lot of the other people who are who are devs in, in the same boat. And it's just it, it,
2: it works both ways though. Because think about how many men are in the teaching industry." like K through 12, how many male teachers are there? There's not that many. It's because men generally, they're not even interested in that You or nursing. You know, there's, I mean, there are men nurses, but it's it's mostly women
0: that are. My dad was was a man nurse, nurse. but yes, I catch your point. They're mostly. And I did teach in school.
2: Like I I can, you know, know. right.
0: You know, you saw. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it is. It is interesting. So, so Brody, specifically to, 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 to move past that. So the, the information you know is 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 pretty valid right we've 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 documented it pretty well but the more important thing i think is what impact does this have on linux and open source so like again if red hat is driving wayland by and large what impact does this have on wayland when they're doing mass layoffs that are inevitably impacting wayland development Fedora development. I mean, they got they they laid off the Fedora project manager. They got rid of people working on LibreOffice. I mean, it's it's one thing after another. What if, does this happen when it's clearly accelerating? What does what impact does that have on It'd And the my
1: up. hot take on it. Yes, I <laughs> want Gnome, your hot take. Less GNOME devs in the Wayland project will help the project.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah,
2: that's that's exactly where I was going to go. I
1: love my uh, my GNOME devs. These
2: these projects are no. not going to die. LibreOffice <laughs> would be fine without. IBM, now, Red Hat, my... My Wayland will be fine. PipeWire will be <laughs> like all of these projects will be just fine. It's open source software.
1: My... Open source software
2: never dies, right?
1: <laughs> my my friendlier uh, uh, take on it is, I know a bunch of like on the ground <coughs> Red Hat engineers, and they're all great people. They all do incredible work. And yeah. like it or not, a lot of the Linux desktop is Red Hat. Portals heavily red hat pipewire, red hat wayland. Obviously, a lot of that's red hat
0: Shoot. network manager came out of red hat.
1: Yep, yep. um, systemd is red hat, and a lot of just a lot of the Linux kernel is red hat as well. Obviously, the Linux kernel has a lot of people, and there's no issue there, but even so, a lot of that is red hat as well. And all of these, there are so many projects in the Linux space that are touched by red hat. And if you lose a, a lot way. of that red hat funding, <laughs> I t- If you lose a lot of that Red Hat funding, a lot of those Red Hat engineers, this is going to slow down the Linux desktop. It might redirect it in a way that people might think is a good idea. Like, you know, people want to go open us, whatever. Like, that ship's already sailed years ago. But, like, the point is, there is obviously an influence on the direction we go with Linux because of what Red Hat wants to do with RHEL. And I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> unless we have another direction that, like, comes out of nowhere, um, at least the ship we're on right now is going to slow down. That's that's what I can definitely say.
0: I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying too, right? I mean, again, you know, there's the old adage of it's open source, other people will work on it, other people will fork it, yada, yada. But the reality is... Uh, I, I don't think was, we'd
2: miss a beat, uh, to but be honest. Was,
0: but there was a time. Do you remember back before... Let's say network manager. Network manager is kind of kind of an interesting one because back before we had network manager, configuring Wi-Fi networks uh, on Linux was an absolute pain in the patootie, right? Yeah. And then and then Red Hat came along and and made network manager and all the tools that went along with it, and and it it solved like a million problems and made things just infinitely easier, right? And yeah, but, now but, we don't even think about
2: it. Yeah, but Red Hat's not taking away. Existing code, like if no, Red no. disappeared, we I still guess, have network manager. I guess what you, I'm I saying, you're saying going yeah, forward, other like people it. would have to do more heavy lifting, but they like like that work the would it. get done. I promise you that work would get done
0: by okay. somebody I'm I'm not as I'm not as hundred percent confident, but I, I get what you guys are saying with this I, Literally, I, there's I no, there's no entity in
2: free and open source software and in Linux that if they died, like the whole thing would collapse. there's
0: there's nothing that big. even the Linux kernel. It's not. Let's let's touch on that. It's our final little topic here. Let's touch on the Linux Foundation very very briefly. So
2: uh, stepped in it again. Yeah,
0: thank you, Derek. So both of you guys, I mean, both of you guys have been following. You you know that the Linux Foundation has been generally kind of stepping back their their funding of linux kernel development right uh this last year they reduced their overall spending down to two percent of their revenue is now directed towards linux kernel not two percent of linux in general but two percent directed towards the kernel and uh they they got rid of long-term linux support releases um they're getting they got rid of those those are gone Um, and there's and they've decreased the total amount that they spend on linux kernel development as well over the year now that said they are still the gatekeeper and they do own the trademarks and the core copyrights. So being as they are the gatekeepers, they pay the gatekeepers. I mean, the two core gatekeepers are Linus Torvalds and Greg KH, right? They're the guys who essentially control the the bleeding edge Linux kernel and the long-term Linux kernels, which isn't really as long-term as it used to be, but still. What happens, if something happens to the Linux Foundation, like what we're seeing with Red Hat. And 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 I want to kind of build this in, a, in, a, in a, an overall idea here. The Linux Foundation is a quarter of a billion dollar per year enterprise right? They bring in a huge amount of money and almost all of that comes from very large companies like Microsoft, uh, Red Hat, uh, Amazon, and the Google,
2: like, Meta, Google. all those companies.
0: Yeah. Companies that in many cases are either currently moving away from Linux or have a long-term history of being somewhat antagonistic towards Linux, right? So what's... It, it seems feasible, if not incredibly likely, that we see a scenario where that investment into Linux not only decreases going forward, but decreases potentially catastrophically. Do you see that as a potential issue, Be- being as they are the gatekeeper and they do control the trademark? Do you see that as a potential issue on the Linux kernel side of things?
1: I, It's a tough one because I don't, I trust the Linux foundation about as much as I trust Mozilla at this point. And that's good man. Good answer of their funding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't see a. don't see the possibility of a Linux foundation collapsing unless there is this, a very similar thing happening like it did with red hat. Like that's, that's obviously a possibility considering, you know, current state of massive organizations. Um,
2: well, I could see it being a situation kind of like with uh, Sun and Open Office, where, yeah, the paid staff can stay there, but all the free contributors, they're just going to leave. They're going to fork it. it. There'll be still be a Linux kernel. It just won't be under the name Linux because they'll have to fork it and rename it. But the kernel would live on.
1: That's true. Who would do
2: um,
0: that?
1: Like, I well, mean, I trust mean, me. There, there's people that probably
2: program. are not on the payroll at the Linux Foundation that probably could do the roles of somebody
0: like Linus, or oh, assuredly, yeah. So there's great devs out right. there that work on the Linux kernel, long-term ones, but but who's going to do that in such a way where everyone adopts it, right? Because if we not, end up having, oh, well, at problems, first you
2: would have three forks, two of them would have to die in the first six months, which always happens. Yeah, it's true. A, that's right. that
0: is true, yeah. right? right? It, it's sort of like when they uh, they forked the GIMP project because they, they didn't like the name of the GIMP and they wanted to create a different thing. And then that project just kind of sort of petered out. And then that created another fork that it sort of petered out. Things like that sort of happen. But I don't know. I, there, That does raise red flags for me. Like it raises concerns for me because from a practical standpoint, like, like uh, let's say the Linux Foundation, worst case scenario, doesn't kill off Linux, right? Because they make money with it they don't want to kill off a, a bread and butter making machine I, I mean they print some sweet cheddar that thing does so they keep it going but they continue to reduce their overall investment in it now if that poten- potentially causes problems for end users enterprise folks whoever a fork becomes a good idea but then who forks it well, who who controls that, that fork well really and, and how there's one the one
2: company there's one company that runs the whole show, if we're being honest, and that's Google. Wherever Google goes, that's going to drive kernel development.
0: Thank you, Derek. Yes, exactly. Because if
1: it's not a company, like it's very difficult to find someone who, <clears throat> it, like, the Linux kernel is not like a little terminal. Like, this is a multi-million oh. line project. It is with like yes. tens of thousands of commits every, like, every, like, maybe a thousand commits every release. Like, this is it's a, a giant project to shepherd and. You need maybe someone a fork who would is, be a
2: good thing because you could get rid of some of that bloat now
1: i don't know I, I don't like, i don't know goodness, but if, if do,
0: yeah go ahead go ahead brother. is
1: um you need someone who like linus doesn't write code for the kernel anymore his entire position is more or just less yeah. managing the kernel like that that in and of itself is difficult you need someone whose full-time position is that and that's not going to be done by a volunteer unless it is something more stripped down. Like, you know, you become more like a BSD sort of situation where you have a lot less support, but it's a lot more manageable. And I, I don't know if a something the scale of the kernel, because we're not in the 90s anymore. Like, it is, you can't manage something the scale of the kernel just as a volunteer. Like, that's just not viable unless you have millions agree. of dollars in the bank. You won the lottery and just want to, like, live out your it's life It's a big like project. That.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's a big, that's a big job. I don't think that's a big boy job with big boy pants involved for sure. I don't think the Linux kernel
2: could ever go the route of Red Hat and IBM, though, because we already mentioned there's a multi trillion dollar company, Google, that makes seriously hundreds of billions of dollars a year off of Linux because of their Linux based operating systems. They're not going to ever let the Linux Foundation run their their money, right? There, trust me. Google would There's never. A let lot of have money.
0: Them. No, yeah. no. Google, Microsoft, and Amazon all make a tremendous amount of money off Linux. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money there, and they don't want to give up money. They love money. Money mm-hmm. is sweet, so they're going to keep that going. You're right, as long as they can. But so we're gonna the, the, having- the minute
2: the minute it affected their pocketbooks, Google would shut down the Linux Foundation, doing whatever shenanigans they may want to do.
0: Maybe maybe i'm not convinced with enough money trust me i mean they'd make it happen i i i I agree these they can take the entire kernel team and pay
2: them whatever they want and and google could just take the kernel and keep it going i mean without especially
0: with the amount of money that the linux foundation currently pays for it it's not much it's not much it's (laughs) It's really not not not. it's not much at all all right all right gentlemen gentlemen Thank you for stepping into piles on the lawn. You guys did a great job at that. Uh, you, you, you you did. You put on your asbestos pants. You did nice. Uh, I'm proud of both of you. Everybody uh, go out there. Derek Taylor over at DistroTube on YouTube and Odyssey and wherever else you can find him. And just search for Brody Robertson on the YouTube or everywhere else. Boys, you, you gotta get off of the YouTube eventually. Uh, you gotta do that. But, but for right now, go subscribe to him on YouTube and everywhere else because they're worth following. Gosh darn it. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, that's it. That's it for now. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, nerds, nerdettes, I do declare and Brian.
1: He was surrounded, he fought We hit the ground and got up again He brought the boom and now we're
2: getting slaughtered Forget the boss's orders to take him in He's mystifying, fist flying, looking out fools like he's not even trying Case lying, justifying Then it's like another one, I'm the next one dying We take him one at a time Why are we waiting in line? You took your turn and that's fine I think I skipped mine Don't wanna mess with no dragon. No us